The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. In Genesis 3, 17 and 19, after God has spoken to Eve and what her pains would be in childbirth and wants for the husband, after eating the fruit, God turns to Adam and he says, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you should eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistle it shall bring forth to you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you are taken, you are dust and dust you shall return. Why am I reading that? Because that is a mandate. It's the only occupation ordained by God. You say Jesus or Joseph was a carpenter. No, the only occupation ordained in the scriptures is agrarian. Man's based in it. We're binded by it 
from the original sin. And as a result, it wipes away sin. The grand way of life is filled with harmony with God. And when we remove ourselves from the soil, we find ourselves in disharmony with God. We become urban. We become metropolitan. We become like Cain is, a murderer. And that's where we are today. And so this always happens, that when man gets too far from the soil, when Babel wanted to be built all the way to the heavens, and they try to escape these things, we will always return back to the soil. Why is that? Because Genesis says that. You're bound to it. You'll never escape it. And when we go wayward and we go further away from it, something's going to happen. And we're as far as possible from the soil than man has ever lived on the earth. And you think we're going to continue as we wander into sin, making the whole world a Sodom? Wake up, our lady is telling us. Look at the signs of the times. I'm telling you, we're in a moment that the world has never experienced except when Noah was here building his ark. And now Our Lady is here building the ark. She is it. And you better get on board. You have a short time. She said, quote, You are not time's master. And yesterday's message referenced to this. She said, I'm calling you to a new life with Jesus. Jesus' life was agrarian. Jesus' life was rural. And so what message does she give us in this? She said in yesterday's message, May the risen one give you strength to always be strong in trials of life and be faithful and persevering in prayer. Because Jesus saved you. And we're going to be saved in a correction that bring us in the same place that after Noah landed, his first thing he did was walk down the plank and put his feet on the soil. We will never escape it. We'll never, as long as we breathe air, not be forced by the principles, biblical principles, back to the earth. And so we're seeing things now coming to a point. Yesterday's message says, pray little children and do not lose hope. Why? I told you last night on the broadcast, because what's coming will seem so hopeless that many of us will lose hope. And that's why our lady is trying to get you ready to understand and position yourself to go back to the soil. So how will that happen? It's going to happen by force or it's going to happen by choice. You can choose to go back to the soil now or you can be unprepared and be forced upon it. And thistles and thorns. By taking the messages now, incorporating them into life, into a way of life, and walking that way, you're going to be far better off dealing with thistles and thorns in the green wood than in the dry wood. You want to be doing it with a machete? Or you want to be doing it mechanically while you can and make your ground fertile and prepared? So today's broadcast on Medjinomics is what's going to happen to us in the future and what happens to people when these things happen. Our Lady chose the village of Medjugorje because of the faith and their way of life. The people were peasants, dependent on the land, and under communist control. 
We're going to take a look at tenant farming worldwide. Tenant farming and sharecropping are not slavery. Rather, it's about a way of life that is held worldwide and for centuries as a way for differently economically endowed people to pool their resources to mutual benefit. Our Lady said on October 25, 1985, after she showed Mariana the first secret, that the earth was desolate. And Our Lady said, it is the upheaval of a region of the world. This affects all countries. And a sampling follows. In Canada, tenant farmers came from the British Isles and the United States. In Ireland, until about 1900, as much as 97% of Ireland was held by landlords who had tenant farmers. In England, rural society utilized a three-tier structure of landowners, tenant farmers, and farm workers. Many tenant farmers became affluent and socially well-connected, employed a substantial number of laborers, and managed more than one farm. In Japan, landowners turned over their land to families of tenant farmers to manage. Approximately 30% of land was held by tenants. In Norway, tenant farmers are called husmen and made up about a quarter of the country's population. The number of tenant farmers grew in the 19th century to 65,000 in 1855. Sweden and Finland had two different types of tenant farmers. In Scotland, the traditional and long-established means of tenant farming was called crofting. Italy, France, Spain, Brazil, Africa, and the Middle East all have or had a system of sharecropping. And in the United States, tenant farming was seen as a step on the agricultural ladder where young farmers could accumulate enough experience and capital to buy their own land or buy out their siblings when a farm was inherited. After the upheaval of the Civil War, the economic system had to be restructured. The landowners in the South regained their land, but lacked a labor force. You might say, I'm never going to be a tenant farmer. I'm never going to be a sharecropper. It's not your choice. Your choice is now in the time of grace. After the time of grace, there'll be no choice. But you're doing this already. You say, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Do you own a business? Are you renting a clothing store, a storefront, insurance agency? You're a tenant. Do you go to work in an office building? Your boss or the company is a tenant in the office building. And you got to be there and you're told what to do. And you're being paid in the same way. And the government takes a portion of it. And just like sharecropping, the first person who gets it is a landowner. And if you're a tenant, you give a percentage of that. They take that off the top. And you're doing that right now. The government comes taking its money for taxes off the top. So we're tenants in reality, and we're doing the same thing that's done in history. And you say, I don't want to do that. I don't like that. We're in the Bible, Sirach 7, and verse 15. 
do not hate toilsome labor or farm work, which were created by the Most High. Think about that. The Creator created toilsome labor and farm work. How? By what He told Adam, by the sweat of your brow. You're in a moment now that you can do something about it that would advance you. Our Lady's here for that. Persevere in prayer. Don't lose hope. I mean, this is yesterday. Do you read the signs of the times? I'm calling you to live a new life, she said yesterday. Yes, she says with Jesus, but you can take these in the context of the times and what we see, transfer them through the template of the messages to see where we are headed. And we know we're in a godless system. And you've heard me for the last 24 months talk about everything is passing. Everything is falling apart. Only the glory of God remains. And what glorifies God? What he created by the Most High. Work is holy. Labor is holy. Agrarian-based life is holy. We've got biblical principles we're dealing with here. Abraham was a wealthy landowner. Isaac and Jacob the same. They had people actually working for them that was either slaves or tenants or some kind of system. We always hear in the Bible, no slave is greater than his master. There is the rich and there's the poor. There's the master and the slave or the boss or the employee. We're enslaved now to a system. A lady told Ivanka in 1989, that was there, June 25th, 1989, in Ivanka's house. And our lady said these words. Pray, because you are in great temptation and danger. You think she's exaggerating when she says danger? She means the fullness of the meaning of danger, or she wouldn't say the word. You are in great temptation and danger because the world and material goods lead you into slavery. We have arrived at that point. This is 1989. She's saying it's a temptation. A great temptation, not a little one. And a great danger. Lead you into slavery. Satan is active in this plan. I want to help each of you in prayer. I'm interceding to my son for you. I remember coming back from Ivanka's house, going over the bridge, seeing the church of St. James, and thinking, wow, here it is. The mother of God just came down and told us what's coming down on us. We're in a great danger. We're in temptation because the world's material goods is leading us into slavery. She's not saying it symbolically. She means it more fully than we had slaves 200 years ago. Because the whole world's going to be in slavery. And we don't even recognize it. We don't recognize the tenants that you're in slavery. You have to pay that monthly bill for your offices or whatever you do to the bank. You're nothing more than a tenant farmer. The problem is, is you're farming materialism instead of fruit and food. And that's where we're off base. So where would this lead us to? You know, Lazarus was a wealthy landowner. We know that many of Jesus' parable was always about the grand way of life. We know the landowner Jesus spoke about, who goes away for a long time, leaves the tenants in charge of the vineyard to kill his son. The whole world was based in this. Our Lady was rooted in this kind of life in her time. I'm telling you, this system is going to crash because the message has said that. I've been saying that since this message in 1989 and even before that. 
following the messages, being next to Ivanka when she received these words. You think that I'm kneeling beside Ivanka, and she gets this message, and she says these things, and in that apparition, our lady speaks about the third and fourth secret, I'm present, that our lady doesn't give insight, I don't receive a grace through or a blessing that I can see and understand things that I would not have had in my heart had I not been there. And our lady says, pray to comprehend the message, so you pray. She's not going to give me the graces to understand that. The cognition through the years has led me where I am right now. Is it leading you? And because you don't have the great blessing of that, doesn't mean you're not to take the words that I do have the blessing that I can tell you this. I mean it to you as our lady meant it to me. So when Mariana sees the first secret on October 25th of 1985, it is an upheaval of the region of the world. And upheaval is what happens. Everybody loses the economic system. So if I'm saying an economic crash, what suffered when Katrina hit? What caused all that? The hurricane. But what was the result? Economic damage, economic collapse. People lost their fortunes. People lost a lot of things. I remembered the police came to us. We had our big track hole there. It was one of the employees of the county who had a lot of money who had inherited something. He kept it at home. The house was collapsed. They were digging for it. Could you bring the track hole down there and start lifting this? They know about where it is in the house and start lifting some of the house off of it. And so we did that. I was driving the track hoe. We dug through the boards and the windows and the, everything and the debris, and they found it. They were grateful for it. This is what upheavals do. Why did they need that money? Because everybody lost, even with the insurance they lost. So in an event of a crash, always comes back down, no matter if it's a war, no matter if it's a storm, no matter what it is. The system always brings you back to the soil. We're going into a time where we will willingly place ourselves, yourselves, under someone else, indentured, or even as a slave, just to eat. Think about that. You can avoid that right now. You might say, I would never indenture myself to somebody else or to be a slave. If you're hungry, you will. And you got history showing this, just like was just read about Ireland and all these other countries. It came as a result of upheaval, which always comes down to economics, which means there's no ability to eat. That's why you need to act now. And the Great Depression of 1929, those who got out of the stock market and went into the 29 crash with money, made money. Think about that. They were in control of their own money. But you're in control of things now that you have that can help you, not to save yourself, but to be positioned, because no matter what, no matter what you have, no matter how much land you're going to have, you're going to have difficulties. George Washington was the richest man of America. He had upwards to 100,000 acres. He said the difference in England and the difference here in America is in England, they have little land, but cheap labor. In America, we have vast holdings of land, and it's cheap, but expensive labor. Contemplate that. 
if you're trying to survive and feed yourself and your families, even if you got land, where are you going to get the labor to do that? You can't make it by one family or two families. It's not going to work that way. In regards to Alabama here where we live, the Tennessee system of the early 20th century encompassed 60% of the farming population. They shared a based agricultural. After the Civil War, the agricultural system was restored. How did that happen? It was restored through the system of crop sharing. And what happened? They would provide their labor to the landowner. If he provided only labor, he received one-third of the crop. But if he was lucky enough to have draft animals, maybe equipment and supplies, he would receive half the crop. We do that today. Actually, hay in here, we share in halves. People who own land around us, we work out where we give them hay, we bring the equipment, and then we get the other half, or whatever percentage we work out. So this has not gone away. But it's going to go radically back to it when we had this upheaval. When sharecropping took place, in the beginning, it was always filled with poverty. It was like an endless cycle of landlessness, debt, and poverty. The sharecroppers faced a hopeless situation. It takes a long time to get out of that. So after the Civil War, tenant farming and sharecropping became a way of life for the vast majority of people in the South. It's not a pleasant life. But if that's thrust on you, and it's the only way to eat. You'll be forced to it. That's what Genesis 3.15 talked about. You can continue in the temptation of materialism, or you can break away from that. By not breaking away from it, our lady told us, you are going into slavery. Listen to my words, she says. She just told us on the mountain to Yvonne, to the prayer group, I'm here to educate you, to teach you. We thought we were educated. We thought we were smart. Your decisions will not be your decisions if you don't make a decision that you can make now. They're going to be what you're going to be forced to decide with no freedom. So both tenant, farmer, and sharecroppers were significantly poorer than the landed neighbors. So the people who had land fared far better. Am I scaring you? You should be. If it takes fear to motivate you, which we've lost the fear of God in our nation, in our families, in our people. Maybe we need a healthy dose of that. Warren Buffett is one of the greatest investors of all times. He gave 10 pieces of investment advice. One of those, he says, if I cannot get a responsible understanding of how a company makes money and the main drivers that impact its industry within 10 minutes, I move on to the next idea. He said, never invest in a business you cannot understand. He continues, he says, of the 10,000 plus publicly traded firms out there, I estimate that no more than a few hundred companies meet my personal standards for business simplicity. Some sectors are better for dividend income than others as well. So he's got a tight criteria what he invests in. And if he can't understand it, he doesn't do it. Everybody can understand the grand way of life. Everybody can understand investing. i got to have a way to eat. How can I do that in the future? How can I feed my family? What's the best system to make that work? Peter Lynch once said, Never invest in an idea you can't illustrate with a crayon. 
Many mistakes can be avoided by staying within our circle of competence and picking up a Crayola. Is that not wisdom? Is it not wisdom that Buffett said simplicity? And this guy's a billionaire? We're talking about soil. We're talking about simple life. We're talking about what we've got to return to. Because we've arrived at a place that has to be a turning point because you are in great temptation and danger because the world and material goods lead you into slavery. Satan is active in this plan. We heard these words 29 years ago. You don't think it's materialized? In reality? About the material goods? And we're slavery? Just look at the material goods of the cell phones and how people are doing what they do. We are slaves. We are tenants, and we don't even know it. And we can be trading these things now for the best investment we can have. What is that investment? That investment is you have some land, but you can't afford it. I'm telling you, if you know somebody that is multi-million, I'm not talking one million or two million, I'm talking millions of dollars, that people have to connect, or if you're a listener of that kind of wealth, your best investment you can make is not the stock markets, not your company, not what you have, but you go buy land, 500 acres, let's say. You build 10 houses for 10 families, build one for consecrated people that wanted to be there, and you set up the rules. You live here free. You say, I'm not going to build houses for other people. Well, you're buying stocks. You're investing. This is an investment because you can get the land. You can buy it. You have the money. And labor is short. And if you can have structure, infrastructure of labor there, and they're already raising pigs and chickens and cows and milk and all these things, because one family can't do it, two families can't do it. It takes 10, 15 families are consecrated like we have here. And let them be eating everything. Let them be raising it. You say, well, why should I use my money to do that? Because that's the best investment you'll have. It's better than gold. It's better than silver. If you've created a system and you vet these people, and you say you live here, the dad work outside, he pays for his electric bill, maybe some of that. But even if you have to pay for all that, and they have an agrarian system of subsistence, not just growing cotton, not just growing tobacco, but that full system where they're raising the chickens, the hogs, everything, the vegetable gardens, and you have that, and you live in your mansion, you stay where you are, even in another state, and you just watch and, and have somebody managing over it. And even if you lose money to get it started for the five years, the investment is when things crash, there's no infrastructure, you just move out of where your mansion is and move into the house on the ranch or the farm and the land, and you'll be eaten. That's the best investment. That is above the miraculous measure going around. You put your money in that, or either you on the other side try to put together a system. I own land here. Before a lady came, I own land that I had enough. When a lady asked for community, I let people live on my land. Not for that purpose, but to come work in the mission. Our mission is a black hole. Everything comes in and donated, we go back out in product material. But one thing we do is what St. Paul says, we work for our keep. And people are on my land. And I did it. And a lady literally says, I'm going to require special sacrifices out of you for what's coming, basically. And still things coming in the future. The best investment one can make that you can draw with a crayon is one that you can understand. 
because it's principled in your heart through the Bible to go back to the soil. Everybody that's rich out there should have them a place, a working place, a working farm, a working system of a grand life where the kids have their own little school there, they have everything in a little bitty tiny village. That's the best insurance you can have. Because after a crash, the next day, that cow in your place can go eat grass, give milk, the beef cow can be slaughtered, and it doesn't take any money. You've got it paid for. The houses are paid for. The people are there. And what do they do if they slough off? You kick them out, but they'll come in there vetted. You can't make any better investment than that. It's not about paying back money. It's about ensuring your way of life. And don't do it just to save yourself. Do it because Our Lady's messages is showing that. And even if somebody's not into Our Lady, and you know somebody's got this kind of resources, and you explain it, and as Warren Buffett said, if I can't understand it in 10 minutes, I walk away and pass it. This is very understandable. Because you can ask that multimillionaire, what are you going to do if this happens? What are you going to do with go if, if there's no trucking to go buy something with? Silver and gold initially will be not worth anything, as I've said many times. You're not going to take any money for a cow that is producing milk for your family. What good is money? Wall Street says seven, eight years ago, the future gold is food. I'm going to end this broadcast on that. Contemplate that. Start putting that together. Start looking, praying for that. Get with other people. But the problem with the community is people aren't willing to give up everything and a lot of their autonomy. But it's the safest way of the future and the safest investment that you can have. These are things that our lady is telling us. The messages are showing us like yesterday. Do not lose hope. Why? Because when you read that in the future, many will. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Mechigoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.